welcome and thanks for tuning in to Real People, Real Talk. Relevant conversations that take you from surviving to thriving. This is the podcast that goes there. My name is Paul Calco and I'm your host. Now let's talk. Today we're talking about self-care. With all that's going on in the USA, we need to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves. Today, you're going to learn three things, what self-care is, what it isn't, and why it matters. But before we get started, I just want to share with you some feedback that I got from episodes four and five, where I shared my story about depression, how depression doesn't discriminate. One person texted me and said, I just finished a depression podcast. I definitely can relate. I dealt with it post-pregnancy, and it's definitely a process. Another person texted me and said, thank you so much for your transparency and your honesty. I sometimes fight with depression, even now. But since I've listened to your testimony, help me to confess it to God. So, friends, your mental health matters um, and depression does not discriminate. If you haven't yet, I will, it would behoove you to go back and listen to episodes four and five as I talk about depression. But today I am so blessed to have Katrina Leggins joining us from Oklahoma City as my guest today. A little bit about her. She is a mental health therapist, a social worker a self-care advocate, a speaker, and a writer. She created Kate Nicole Writing, and we're going to learn more about that, as a platform um, to motivate individuals through education, through empowerment, and also through inspiration. The list goes on and on and on because she has done so much to help um, plenty of people. But most important to all of that, she is a child of God. And her motto is, before you can help and inspire others, you must be willing to be transparent about your own story. Katrina, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I am so happy to be here. Yes. So let's get into it. Let's talk. How I'm just curious, how has your life changed since we entered COVID and quarantine and um, sheltering at home? How's your life changed? So I went from working full-time in the office, seeing clients um, Monday through Friday, eight to five. <laughs> and now I'm working from home. And I like, I like people. Um, I like my, my private time, but having to be forced to have to work at home um, <laughs> for, the, for the majority of my time has been a huge transition. At the beginning, it was very, very difficult because I had to bring everything home um, as far as my administrative work and trying to separate home life from, from work life was, it, it was just very difficult. Something I'm not used to. Um, now that it's June, it's a little bit better, but I would say, you know, my, my job and working from home was the biggest transition that, I mean, like I said, I'm still getting adjusted to, but that was the hardest. Um and then having to, you know, help my clients through that because they no longer can see me in person. So having to adjust and help them um, cope with the transition as well. So I would say the biggest is working from home. And my, I mean, my whole routine is different <laughs> now that I'm at home solely. Right. Like not only you have to make the, the transition for yourself, but you have to also do it with your clients and those that you help as well. And you bring up a good point. It's the boundaries. Uh, when you go home and you work from home, like um, work could be over there at the kitchen table and home could be the living room. And so the boundaries mm -hmm. just begin to to blur. So I, I totally understand that. So I'm so intrigued about your your website. I had a chance to check that out and had some 
some wonderful blogs on there that was very encouraging in the area of mental health and beyond. Can you just tell us more about your website? And, it's, and uh, let me let you guys know her website is called K Nicole Writing. But tell us more about that and just how did you how did you get started? So um, K Nicole Writing is an informational and inspirational platform. And um, I'll go into the history and then tell you more about what it consists of. Um, so here we are, 2020, three years ago, uh, actually four years ago, God gave me this vision um, of helping people in a different way on a bigger platform. And I didn't know exactly what that meant, <laughs> but um, I prayed on it and he gave me the name of K Nicole Writing. So K stands for Katrina, Nicole is my middle name, and writing is what consists of my journal entries um, and a lot of my social media content and my resources. So that's where the writing comes from. Okay. Um, three, three, <laughs> three, a lot of people don't know that until they ask. So I'm so right. glad you actually asked that question. Um, because people sometimes think I'm a publishing company or like a writing <laughs> company. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm none of that. I am solely about mental health and self-care. Um, but when uh, God gave me that vision, um, he gave me a vision of a website. And that's all I thought I was going to have, a website and blog. And, and, you know, write about different topics regarding mental health um, and just how to access it, how um, it affects the black community, how it affects, um, yep. I mean, just just a lot of people. You know, I'm a, I'm a woman, I'm a black woman, I'm a Christian, and um, I wanted to give people an outlet um, on how, or an outlet to provide them ways on how to uh, learn about mental health um, from someone who may look just like them or come from the same background as them. Um, the Lord also gave me the vision to add more to that. And so I not only had my blog section, I then developed a resource section where you can find different therapists locally. I'm from Oklahoma. And so I, I had sent it towards Oklahoma based therapists, but then I started to add different, um, helpful links and resources, how you can find mental health professionals all over. I created some free worksheets um, where people can access that who may not have the funds to access other mental health material. Um, and then I just would have all of my social media content. So in a nutshell, I kind of look at it as like a mental health corner, like all a one-stop shop. Mm, where you, like can find a therapist, you can access resources. Um, you know, you can see my blogs, you can see my social media content and here it is three years later, my platform has grown so much. Um, social media has been played a big part of that. And then for you to find my blog was interesting because I have not blogged probably in a year or so uh -huh. because I have dedicated a lot of time developing more uh, mental health resources and then my social media content. So that's so crazy that, that those blogs are still circulating. Right. <laughs> and that, that just shows that, you know, it's it's out there for people to see who are who are in need. So that's that's really the story of K Nicole writing and how it came about. And it blows my mind how far I've come because it was a very scary thing when God gave me the vision, because I'm someone who likes to work behind the scenes. <laughs> This pushed me out to do a lot more past my comfort zone. So, wow. yes, hey, Nicole Riding, you're going to get lots of inspiration, lots of information um, that talks about mental health, self-care awareness, and um, like I said, all things positive. That is awesome. I know it has benefited me, and I just want to 
publicly just tell you thank you for following God's vision um, as it, it has helped me. And it also helped the young adults that I minister to. Uh, that I ministered to. Uh, for example, I would look at your material and it inspired me to do monthly check-ins where we would have mm-hmm. a small devotion time. I won't teach or preach as long. And then we get into groups about four or five and just talk about life and just why don't you just vent for like 60 to 90 seconds and our students really responded well to that. So let me publicly tell you, thank you. And then for the young adults that I ministered to, um, this is the one that gave me um, those good ideas. And I really want to, yes, definitely. Bob said, give honor to where honor is due. Mm, Thank you. (laughs) Yes. And so I just want to, before I, before we continue the conversation, I want to encourage you, my listeners to take advantage of those resources. You're going to see a link in the show notes where you can go to her website, um, get those resources and get those blogs. And so one thing in the, in the church and also in the black church, Mental health and going to counseling comes with a stigma. Why, why do you think that's the case? I'm curious. Well, I, I, I think the, the biggest thing is you're disobeying God. You know, um, you are not putting God first. You know, you're making it seem as if God is not this healer. Um, and so that's you, you've been mm-hmm. disobedient, you know, and so whenever you grow up in the church and all you hear about is praying your problems away, that is your, your, your main go-to. Yes. And you have to think biologically based. If there's like, if there's a brain chemistry issue that um, requires you to see a mental health professional or um, a physician, that is something that you have to, you have to be, you have to understand that that's something God is telling you that's a problem and you need to go and right. see someone who God can lead you to. You know, God has called a lot of us to um, do his work <laughs> on this earth. And if you feel like you can't go to a therapist or see a doctor because of what God may, you know, um, feel about you, I, I suggest people to go to the word, but also maybe find a, a, a Christian based therapist mm-hmm. that can help you from um, seeing it from a biblical standpoint, but also a psychological standpoint, because you can do both. You don't have to focus just on one. Now I'm a believer. I, 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 <laughs> I pray, I read my devotionals, I go to church or well, right now I'm watching church online, <laughs> but I, I learned as a young adult that, I needed therapy back then, but I was ashamed because of what my uh, church family would have thought, what my family, personal, my family would have thought, you know, why you need to go to therapy? You know, you can go to God to this or you crazy, you know, for, for thinking you need to go see one of those people, those shrinks, you know? So, um, it, it just makes you feel excluded and, um, like you don't belong. And so, I just think a lot of people from in the church community hide their symptoms because of feeling condemned and judged. Um, I love the church, but there are some people that are in the church that judge people and run people away. Come on. <laughs> and, you know, I think that's one of those areas that people judge in, not realizing, again, that when it comes to mental health, we have to think about the whole well-being. Yeah, it's not something tangible as if, oh, I broke my leg or I broke my arm. Right. And you can see physically I'm struggling, you know, but with mental health, you have to think about the brain chemistry. You know, you could be born with depression because of a genetic component. My mom or my grandma 
were had depression probably didn't get the help because of the stigma but because of the genetics component i i'm i'm born this way just as if you know we have family who um have diabetes high blood pressure you know that stuff can be passed on same way with mental health issues so our a lot of our church communities don't talk about it enough or have the proper training (laughs) and so that stigma will consist um until there's an open dialogue about it yes i I love how you, you concluded that we must have an open dialogue about it because it comes with shame it comes with embarrassment and the conversations today just to to shine the light and you said something so key that i believe in too like yes i'm a believer i believe in prayer but i like to tell people pray and go to counseling because Mm -hmm. if i have a headache first thing i'm gonna do is pray if i have Mm -hmm. the headache long enough i'm gonna take some medicine now if i get the (laughs) headache long enough long enough i'm gonna go to the doctor um, the yeah. same way that God works through through prayers, the same way that God works through miracles, He also works through professionals. And so, right. speaking of like professionals and counseling, when do you think a person should consider counseling? Oh goodness! Um, so you have to. And this question is more so. I'm thinking symptom symptomatic. So one key factor. Think about behavior changes. You know. Um, If you are a person who's typically very social, you are out and about, and then all of a sudden you just kind of isolate and you isolate for days, you isolate for weeks and you can't get out your house or you don't have the desire to to get up and and take care of your basic needs. And I think that that's definitely a key factor because you have seen some behavior changes or you're engaging in substances that are um, impacting your job performance, your your school performance, um, causing issues in your relationships because you're engaging in more substances versus, you know, some people partake in that for recreational reasons. Um, Think about your, the shift in your mood um, where you're finding yourself more sad, more angry. And and let me be specific about this because we're, we're humans and we are going to experience a series of different emotions um, that can come and go. But when these emotions, I'm going to stick, I'm going to stick with sadness. Um, When you find yourself staying sad for a week to two weeks out of a time, that is an indicator that something has shifted. um, Something has happened. And you probably need to go see a professional because that sadness can turn into depression that can turn into um, you feeling hopeless. And and at that point, you can just kind of just throw everything away and not care and make decisions that might impact you negatively. So um, those are things to focus on when it comes to your behavior and your mood changes. Um, And like I said, when you're engaging in substances um, to numb you know, how you're feeling to escape, you know, where, you know, when you're doing things like that, you're doing more harm than good to yourself. Right. Where, you know, you can, you can lose your job. You can get kicked out of school. You can lose your kids. You can lose your spouse, you know? So, um, significant changes that are occurring in the duration is a big, the big deal. Think about the timeline. If you're having these, these, um, issues anywhere from a week to two weeks, those are red flags. You need to need to find someone you can talk to that you trust or a mental health professional. That's good. I'm over here taking notes myself. Like it's so practical. (laughs) It's so practical. Um, It's so clear. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, and some people, and, and I know we we're talking to everyone, but you, you made a point and we talked about, you know, the African-American culture. And that's a, a topic that, you know, America in general are talking about right now for black people. You know, we have to really be able to recognize those signs and not think or try to uh, make it seem as if it's not a big deal or um, it's not that serious or, you know, scooping under the rug. When you're knowing when you go home, you're feeling even worse and you can't control it yourself. Like if it's out of your control and you're having trouble calming yourself down. Yeah, like that's a that's a red flag. That's another problem. And I highly encourage you to find someone that you trust to talk to first. That way you can feel comfortable enough um, to hopefully go to a professional, you know, Um, because sometimes people are afraid to, to go to a professional right away, which is another reason I have my website because, um, you can find some resources that might align with how you're feeling. No, it's not a substitute for therapy. I I have supplemental aids that can help you until you find a therapist. So I have to always say that as well, (laughs) because that's important. Yeah. Good, good disclaimer there. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You're right. It has so much, has a stigma with it. For example, like um, um, my mom, like before I did the episode and shared about how I dealt with depression when I moved from Mississippi to New Orleans, before that release, I had to have a conversation with my mom because I wanted her to hear that from me instead of from the episode. And it was a genuine conversation. And she was like, you know, we always tell, you know, you, you got me, you got, you got your dad, you got God, you can always come to us. And even though I know without a shadow of a doubt that my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister, they love me so much. But even me as a pastor, still was just some shame. Like I didn't want anybody to know, but it's been so yeah. freeing as you can attest to this. It's been so freeing that since I shared that story, um, it's one of the episodes that had the most downloads is because I was so transparent and other yeah. people are dealing with this too. So if you're dealing with this, no, you are not alone. So mm-hmm. I just want to remind you that the title of this episode is Self-Care Isn't Selfish. And so we're going to dive deeper. I know it's a broad question, but Katrina, tell us what is self-care? So in a, sh- a short term, um, self-care is a very personal practice that you do in order to help meet your needs, your mind, body, your soul. It's different activities that we do in order to take care of our mental, emotional, and physical health. This can look different for every person, depending on what you are going through um, in particular. And so um, just think about what you do to replenish yourself, to refuel yourself. Um, You are pouring into yourself so you can be at your best. That way you can show up and be there for others. And so um, self-care is just putting you first unapologetically. (laughs) I like to say that as well, because some people feel like it is, you know, they're being selfish when they're practicing it or um, they may not understand it and don't practice it the right way or don't practice it at all. And so, um, again, um, going back to my my platform, those who follow me know that I'm a huge self-care advocate and um, taking care of myself allows me to provide content <laughs> to to help uh, my clients, um, to be there for my friends and family, um, and most importantly, to be there and show up for myself first. Exactly. I'm over here um, doing some air snaps because I'm like, you speaking some good <laughs> stuff over here. I love how you said that it's a personal 
practice. Like what may work mm-hmm. for you probably won't work for me. And it's so important mm-hmm. that you pour into yourself before you can pour into others. And you kind of touched on this, but I want you to um, just talk a little bit about this a little bit more. Why do you think people associate self-care with being selfish? I know they see the word self and self-care and self mm-hmm. and selfish, but why do you think people make that association? I think people feel, I really think in in short terms, again, um, it's a misconception that it's about just that person where they're going to neglect the, their family, they're going to ne- neglect their work, they're going to neglect their social life. So all you're doing is worried about yourself. And because of that, um, people don't think of self-care in the proper way. But you have to think, when someone is practicing self-care the correct way, I'm doing myself by setting healthy boundaries in this yes. relationship, you know, <laughs> and you said it earlier, that way I know that this is a, a healthy relationship because if I allow you to do whatever you want it, talk to me however you want it, this relationship is not going to last. And so um, you, you have to, you know, again, I'm putting myself first in order to help this relationship grow. And I'm saying, I'm talking about relationships because, you know, what a lot of people don't know with self-care, there's a social component to that too. We, we need human interaction. You know, right. we need to have that, 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 that time with our loved ones and you spending time to be in tune with yourself, meeting your needs allows you to be there for others or be with others without feeling guilty about it. So, um, and I know I kind of went, you know, a, a little bit a different way with that, but I just think people have a misconception and think that, oh, I'm going to th- neglect everything that's important around me because I'm practicing self-care because self is in care. <laughs> and that doesn't mean it's selfish. I'm right. taking care of myself um, because I care about me. And so, yeah, people just, I think, are miseducated um, about it as well and don't have the, the right understanding, you know, I, I'm, I do see um, it discussed more um, on a mainstream level, but I think that some of like these big companies still put out the wrong impression, making it seem as if people have to spend lots of money and do certain things to practice self-care, which may look selfish again to people <laughs> who don't understand self-care. Right. Straight facts. Like, I'm glad you went into the direction um, that you did. And I just want to say thank you for just being bold enough and in your sphere of influence with your platform in the, in the area and the context that God has placed you. Thank you for contributing to bringing mental health matters and self-care matters to mainstream. I'm so happy to see this kind of turn in society, in the church, in black culture. Like, it may not be a fast turn, but I do see see that term. And so yeah. as a as a self-care advocate advocate, I'm just curious, like what does your self-care routine look like? Well, my self-care routine has changed, which again, you know, um, your self-care routines can change depending on, you know, what season you may be in your life. But since COVID-19, <laughs> I have um, definitely made it a point to set boundaries around my job, you know, so I still have to work eight to five, but right at five, I'm done. You know, um, I, I make it. sure to shut down the computer. I have, I have an office space. So um, I shut the computer down, shut that door. I'm done for the night. You know, I don't want to see it until the next day. Um, I use do not disturb because 
lots of people like to get in contact with me, whether it's through text message or emails or social media. So I have to make a point um, to disengage from that. I um, try to um, I try to go walking on a frequent, um, not frequent, I'm sorry. I try to go walking as many times as I can throughout the week. So two or three times just getting outdoors or sometimes I may just sit on my porch because we need to, I need to go outdoors yes. <laughs> and just experience nature, experience, you know, outdoor fresh air. Um, because again, being in the house all day, I get, um, <laughs> I get frustrated. So, I um, that. I go out, I go outdoors. Um, I try to maintain uh, a well-balanced, um, like uh, eating habits. You know, I try to focus on drinking a lot of water, um, eating lots more fruit, eating a lot more fruits and vegetables. And then I journal. I journal a lot. And obviously, if you follow me, you see lots of writing. So a lot of that <laughs> comes from my writing. <laughs> Um, and then I think another thing that is small to some people, I'm big on aromatherapy. So I love using my oil diffusers, uh, and my candles at night. And sometimes I drink my tea because all those different things help calm my mind. Right. I am always busy on the go and I want to have a restful night. I want to be able to sleep uninterrupted. And so I try to do a lot of things right before bed to help calm myself, which is, you know, using aromatherapy, um, a diffuser, using candles um, and drinking my tea. So those are some things I do on a day-to-day basis or um, just frequently throughout the week. And I might switch it up and, and change it up. But you know, a lot of those things I identified um, aren't costly or don't cost at all. So I want people to understand that too. <laughs> you don't have to pay to to practice self care. You know, I try to yes. do things that you know again are useful, but not breaking my bank. You know, not breaking my bank account. You know, where I ain't got to spend a lot of money. And so, yeah, those are my self care routines currently. Uh, again, because of COVID nineteen. Man, I am over here once again, like taking notes and getting different ideas. Like you said, that sometimes your self care routine would change. I remember part of my self care routine was playing basketball a couple times throughout the week. Um, can't do that now with co with COVID, yeah. so I had to, had to change it up. One thing that I've been doing is, and also kind of speaks to to boundaries is like even though I'm working from home, sometimes I still would dress up and have a designated office space. So I can like, all right, that's work when I'm wearing, you know, this collar shirt and these pants. And then, you know, when I change, all right, it's time to be at home and be present with my wife. And also just in this season to, and this is real people we're talking about, I'm going to keep it honest. One avenue, I want, and I got to change my self-care routine as things aren't changing, but two things that I've been doing um, the past 10 days as it relates to social media, um, unfollowing people. Yeah. Uh, on social media, that's not good to your mental health. You don't owe anybody anything. You need to take right. care of yourself. I'm grateful that Facebook has the option of unfollowing. Um, so mm-hmm. I don't have to be as mean to unfriend them. But if you need to take <laughs> yeah. that extra step and unfriend them by all means. And so it's no love lost. Like the people exactly do that to the people that I unfollowed. Hey, I can't wait to you know see you in person or whatever. But I just didn't want to witness the things that you was posting. So um, Mm -hmm. speaking of posting, I ran across a post that uh, I think it was a couple of maybe last week. It was just explaining like 
self-care is this, but self-care also is this. And you did a really good job just addressing the nuances of self-care that for one person, self-care may be, I need to go to bed early. For another person, maybe mm-hmm. you need to get up early and get things started. So could you speak to that and and also speak to just some of the misconceptions about self-care? Mm-hmm. So I made that because, again, I know that some of my followers or um, new followers have a hard time understanding how to practice self-care um, or don't know what, se- what self-care consists of opposed to just the basics, you know, what I can do physically. Whether, like you said, go play basketball or go walking. There's a lot of things that you can do that is considered self-care. Making that particular post, it allowed me to show different examples, different things that are more practical that, again, that you don't have to pay for, that some people might not even think were self-care related. Um, So, for example, me deciding to go to bed earlier or take something off my to-do list Uh, people may think, well, that's just something that I figured I could do. But then ask yourself, what made you do it? You know, you had a reason why you decided to go to bed early. Obviously, your body was tired. You had a busy day. You had a lot in your mind. Um, Something prompted you to um, choose to to go to bed early. And I'm using that example because I think that was the first thing I might have put. And um, I want people to know that there are practical things you can do each day that can help you maintain a healthy self-care routine versus thinking you have to develop this long laundry list and check it off. No, that defeats the purpose because now you're looking at self-care um, incorrectly and now you're gonna you're, you're taking self-care the wrong way. And so uh, me providing that, that particular post just allowed me to provide examples, provide practical ways um, to practice it, um, provide different ideas that people might overlook um, and then again, I don't want people to, to feel like they have to spend a lot of money when it comes to practicing self-care because, uh, going into the misconception part, people think it's costly. People think self-care can take too long. Um, people can think self-care is for women <laughs> only, you know, it's so many different, you know, misconceptions out there. And again, my platform, I'm bringing awareness to it. No, like I have in particular, um, had lots of conversation with my men audience and I, it was a while, a while ago, maybe like a year ago, I made this post, um, providing different, um, examples of self-care ideas for men. And I had got so many, uh, reposts and likes and comments. And I wanted people to understand that, yeah, this is universal. This is for everybody. It's gender neutral. Like no one's exempt. When you think of self-care, Think of it as an ongoing process. It's not something you start and you decide to finish. I mean, if that's your choice, um, when you feel like it, because you'll feel the effects of that when you don't take care of yourself and put your needs first. So um, those are definitely some misconceptions. Like I said, you know, thinking it's too costly, takes too long to practice. You know, my wife does it. My girlfriend does. She gets her nails done, her hair done. That's cool, but it's a lot more to it. What about that emotional part? What about that psychological part? You got to go deeper. I love getting my hair and nails done, but when I'm, I'm feeling, you know, really upset or feeling sad, sometimes that's not enough. And I got to go deeper and, and it requires me to spend more time in that particular area um, because I find myself struggling in it. So um, those are just some things to keep in mind as well. If you're struggling with 
you know, practicing self-care, don't know where to begin in your self-care journey. That's good. I just want to encourage my listeners. This may be one of those episodes where you got to go back and listen to it again, just because so it was so rich with content. We're learning here that self-care is not selfish. It's not costly. And I appreciate you saying that it's not just for the women. Mm-hmm. Because um, last week I just slowed everything down, put some Epsom salt in the tub, took a bath, had some candles, just like got away from my computer and got away from my phone and just rested. And that was like refreshing to me that you said something mm-hmm. so good that sometimes you need to take stuff off our to do list. We could be doing too much and um, showers are fast. You can knock it out. But sometimes you, you just sit there and just be rested. Let your, let your mind rest. And yeah. I really would love like to continue this conversation. and. Because sometimes self-care is so deep. Like self-care could be maybe instead of going out, you cook in because you know your budget can handle it. Or maybe mm-hmm. your self-care looks like I need to stop being watching this show and I need to get up and go get my steps in. Like self-care is evolving and it changes. And so thank you yes. so much for speaking, speaking truth, speaking clarity to the topic of self-care. And so Katrina, I want you to... In your mind, just think about the person that has never tried self-care or maybe this is their first time hearing it or they heard the term before, but they thought it was selfish. What is like the first step you would give that person? I would tell that person to ask themselves, what does self-care mean to them? Like I literally write it out, um, talk it out and ask yourself, okay, what does self-care mean to me? And once you do that, I, I want you to then identify the areas in your life that you find the most difficulties in. And I'll give an example. Um, you may find yourself struggling in your spiritual life. And so for a person who's struggling in their spiritual life, some things that you can try to do is, you know, you can read some devotionals. You can, you can, um, you can pray, you know, praying is, I'm never going to say take prayer away because I believe in the power of prayer. Um, but you can, you can do more than you can add to prayer, um, where you are seeking out maybe some gift church family members and you, you know, you have those small groups. Um, some people, you know, believe in meditating, meditating can work, um, depending on how you practice it, you know, um, spending time outdoors, spending time in nature where you're having some, some connection with God, um, or whatever you may believe, you know, so finding some time, finding some different ways where you can increase that spiritual part. And so when you find the areas that you're finding difficulties in, then develop some goals that um, on how you can reach uh, or not reach, but how you can improve those areas. So I would start with finding a basic understanding of what self-care means and then identify the areas you're falling short in, you're struggling in the most, and then develop some goals on how you can reach um, or how you can better improve those areas. That way you can start doing finding different ways and maybe take baby steps, you know, little, little by little, you don't have to feel like you got to do a whole five steps every single day, because then that takes, I mean, I think that that alone will make people not want to practice it because it's draining them. So, um, there are small things you can do each day that add up and are beneficial. And then over time, You'll find yourself like, wow, I'm I practice self-care every day. I practice self-care at work. I practice self-care when I'm at home. Exactly. <laughs> I practice self-care in my relationships, you know. There's different ways you can practice self-care. So um, and I might have added more to that question. 
It's all but, good. <laughs> uh, I just wanted people, you know, yes, you need, you have to always have an understanding of what something is before you can go to the next step. So if you don't know what self-care is, let's start there first, exactly. you know, and then, and then let's explore that. And then we'll go to the next step. Cause I'm not going to give you a long, uh, a to-do list on, on how to practice it. If you don't know how, if you don't understand it and, and, and my post, my platform, um, and, and a lot of services I provide helps people understand what self-care is so that they can figure out ways to meet their needs. I love it. I love it. I love it, man. It's been so empowering and um, impactful. And so um, you're going to be the first one to be in this new segment that I just started on Real People Real Talk called a lightning round. And it will change mm-hmm. from segment to segment. So I just got three questions I want to ask you and answer in 30 to 40 seconds or less. So first one is this. What are you most grateful for right now? Life being here. <laughs> Um, literally, um, just being alive, you know, it's just seeing everything that's happening in the world. Um, I'm, I'm grateful to be here because <laughs> it, it, it's not like that for everybody else. So I'm just grateful to be alive. Amen to that. <laughs> and how can people go from surviving to thriving? I know it's broad, but talk to me. Ooh, um, put your mental health first. <laughs> Practice self-care. <laughs> uh, seriously, though, but no, not putting your mental health and your self-care first um, definitely will will affect um, all of you. Because the, when you think about mental health and self-care, you think about your whole self, your whole well-being, and that can help um, you improve in every area of your life because you're um, focusing on making sure that you're putting your needs first, but you're also taking care of those emotional and psychological issues you might be experiencing. And so um, just put your mental health self-care first all the time. Don't feel bad about it. That's that's awesome. And with you being from Oklahoma City, this is Real People Real Talk. I have to ask you this question. Were you, salt, were you salty when Katie left the thunder? <laughs> you know what? I was, I definitely was. A lot of my family was. Well, I had a lot of KD gear. So, oh wow, <laughs> yeah, we had. Yeah, I had lots of lots of gear, and it was it was bittersweet. I believe in people being called to do um, <laughs> things on a higher level, and his his time was up. So, you know, I looked at it in that perspective, but I was still salty because I was like, man, and and most people don't know in Oklahoma. We're growing, but like when Katie came and having the thunder here, it's a big deal. It was a big deal. So like when he left, I'm like, dang, this this kind of takes away from just the fun and the thrill. But he had to he had to leave and roll out. But it's all good. <laughs> I'm over it now. <laughs> good. So you did your self care routine, and you are yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I heal. I'm healed from it now. <laughs> that is that is also Katrina. I remember years ago when he was still there, me and my wife, we ate it. We ate at KD's twice. I just really enjoyed the fried chicken and oh, waffles. Yeah. So it's I gone doubt, now. Yeah, I, I just about to say that I <laughs> doubt that it's there now. But Katrina, thank you so much for taking your time and just sharing your expertise and helping mental health come to the mainstream as we really need to take care of ourselves. Uh mind, body, soul, and spirit. And for my oh, listeners, yeah, I'm sorry. I'll be talking thank too fast. Having, no, no, no. Thank you for having I just wanted to say thank you because that, again, it, it means a lot when 
when um, people have me on um, podcasts or any type of speaking engagement, I'm, I'm honored to be able to um, provide my services, provide my expertise um, and, and just helpful information. So thank you for having me. Definitely, definitely. And to my listeners, this is going to be our longest episode yet, but I don't want to put myself or my guests in a box. If the conversation is going good, I'm not going to say, all right, in 30 minutes, we want to stop it off. So you want to give you all the content, all the resources that we have, and sometimes need to listen to half now and half later. Just don't stop listening. We want to bring you the best content from the expert that's out there. So friends, we've learned that self-care is not selfish. The Bible tells us to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor. Sometimes we just skip past this next thing, but love your neighbor as yourself. You need to love yourself in a healthy way so you can love others in a healthy way. Now, I want to point you to the show notes um, in the description. Please check the show notes so you can connect with Katrina at knicolewriting.com. That's going to be in the show notes. As she said, it so perfectly is a mental health resource cor- um, corner. I had the chance to purchase our self-care journal um, last week, and I'm so excited to get started on that. Um, as, it, as it tells you, it will help you with your, your mind, your body, your soul. It has journal prompts. It has self-care ideas. I won't get into the specifics because you need to buy it. All right. So before I let you go, uh, just a way to connect with our listeners. Just want to read two things that they sent me. Um, Jimmy from Texas said this. Self-care is doing something that puts you in your happy place and lets you relax. Chris from Louisiana said this. Self-care means finding healthy ways to relax and take care of your mind, your body, and your soul. The last thing I want to say to you, if this show has added value to your life, I want you to consider sharing this with others. Thank you so much for tuning in, and God bless.